Welcome back to The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. I just love that you've tuned in today and you get to hear my incredible interview with Laura Beauparlon. Today, Laura and I talk all about growing and having to let go so that you can grow. Laura talks through hiring and building her team so that she can continue to serve more and more small business owners. Laura is an award-winning international keynote speaker, an expert on branding and design, and the author of Brand Chemistry. As the founder and creative director of Lab Creative, her mission is to help ambitious entrepreneurs create strong, memorable brands that consistently attract their ideal clients. For over 16 years, Laura has helped countless small business owners and entrepreneurs gain confidence and grow their businesses through unforgettable branding. This is an interview not to be missed. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Here we are today with Laura Beauparlant. I have long been a fan, Laura, and I've been watching your work for a while. I've read your book, Brand Chemistry, and I've also had the honor of working with you as I rebrand away from the Sheila Cummins and into the road to seven. And it's just been a really phenomenal and eye-opening experience. And I just got to say, you know, how did you get started being a brand alchemist or someone who works with small businesses and and their branding. How did this all come to be? Well, thank you for having me here. And it was, it's was it been so amazing working together. And it's always so exciting to talk to somebody who's been through that experience with me because you have that perspective. So my road to get here as it is, I think, for so many entrepreneurs is not a straight line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were ups and downs and curves and, you know, forks in the road and like T's intersections. It's been an interesting experience. I studied graphic design in college. So that's like over 25 years ago. Which is amazing since you're 29. You must have been yeah, a very young I prodigy. I was, <laughs> I was a prodigy. Actually, I was the youngest. I was 17 when I started. Were you really? Yeah. I legally couldn't go to the bars until yeah. halfway through my second year of college, which obviously I did not wait. Just, you right. know, between you, me, and all the podcast listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, now, me, and the lamppost. Yeah. <laughs> polls to get me in. But, you know, it was, I knew kind of early on that I, I wanted to have some bigger adventures. And there was something bigger in store for me. I lived abroad for three years. I feel like I worked in so many different types of design businesses along the way, which I thought was a great experience, because it helped inform what I wanted to do. Now, I will tell you, and you probably know this already, that I used to have a custom stationary business for 12 Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. So that's how I originally started my business. That was in 2004. 
And at the time, there was absolutely nothing like the style of imitations I was creating. Mm -hmm. And so I really created a name for myself. I was featured in a lot of magazines and publicity. I was in a stationary show in New York and really followed that journey for a number of years. And then I fell out of love with the wedding industry. <laughs> so I needed a divorce from the wedding industry. I loved my peers and I loved our photo shoots more than I liked the actual business at any longer. And I could see that the industry was changing. Now COVID, I mean, that's completely decimated the industry aside, but I could see specifically with imitations that that whole industry was changing and I wasn't wanting to go where it was going. So I needed to make my exit plan. But all along the way, I was doing a lot of design work for small businesses, for entrepreneurs like me, a lot in the wedding and events world. And at some point along the way, I started looking at my numbers, which as a business coach, you know, it's a good thing to look at where is my all revenue coming data. from. <laughs> yep. And I realized I was making more money from those businesses that I was doing the design work for than I was from the wedding industry, like the wedding invitations. And yet every ounce of my marketing effort, dollars, everything, I didn't even have a portfolio at the time. Like I put zero effort and yet I was making more money. And I'm sure you're, you're going like, yeah, you got to change something. Yeah. So I started doing more and more of that work and that really started to develop. But I still had this love of what I was creating for that, the stationary side. And then it was November 2015 where I drew the line in the sand and I said, I am meant for bigger things. I'm no longer addressing wedding envelopes. I'm meant for more. And I very quickly shifted gears. It took a bit of time, but I think I moved quickly. So within five or six months, I had developed Lab Creative. I'd started Brain Camp and I was like, I served the clients I had already signed up for the stationery and that was it. And I closed the chapter. And how did you how did you go from being a nobody in the branding space? Well, maybe not a nobody because you'd already worked with some people, but not having that be what you were known for to getting that first client. What were some of the things that you did to make that transition? Such a good question. I already had some contacts. Like I had somebody I was working with previously who was the brander, which is kind mm -hmm. of funny when you think about it. He would bring me clients. He would do the branding, the positioning work, and I would do the design work. So he was a great strategic partner. We did that for years. And so I was already doing, I was continually doing work with him, but I started reaching out to my network. And because I was rebranding and launching as Lab Creative, and I had this new offer for Brand Camp, it gave me the opportunity to really reach out and start connecting and talking about my business in a whole new way. So it was very organic. It was a lot of conversations. It was a lot of people that were already in my network. When I think about the people that were at my first two brand camps, it was pretty much people I already knew mm -hmm. in different degrees. My husband was at one of them. <laughs> I did make my husband go through brand camp. With did you make him pay? No, I, he, he does pay for some things, but yeah. I, I, I might have given him a free pass on that. He got a scholarship. Got it. <laughs> he got a scholarship. Well, he was on the same bank account. Yeah. <laughs> like, you owe me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So it, I think it's very organic and mm -hmm. it's funny in hindsight looking back because I'm such a goer and doer that I've not often paused to reflect on 
how far I've come. And I'm really making a concerted effort to do that more now because I've, even when I wrote my book, it was like, okay, that's done. And it's like, what's the next thing? And I, I have to go, wow, like I'm an author. I've spoken on international stages. Mm-hmm. I've been flown to other countries and paid to speak. I've been on a YouTube channel and had like 20,000 people listen to me. I've create, you know, like it just, I'm employing people, I'm doing things and people are listening to what I have to say and they're valuing it and I'm helping transform their lives. And that is like, whoa, I need to just remind myself to just sit back and absorb that and appreciate what I've put into my business and what that gives me, which is why I started doing this in the first place, right? And and within five years. Yep. Like it's, you know, that's a really impressive accomplishment. Thank so you. what were some of the, if when you think back over the last five years, what were some of those pivotal moments that have allowed you or that enabled you to reach the levels that you have reached today? I think definitely the speaking has mm-hmm. been a huge part of that. How did you get those? You know, I hired somebody to help me seek out speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. So somebody was actively looking for calls for speakers mm-hmm. on my behalf, submitting for me, you know, through social media, through searching hashtags on things like co- conferences, looking for speakers, ref- a lot from referrals. Yes. And so it's a mix because you have to get that one in order to get like the video and the, you know, maybe some testimonials. So I've been speaking for years, but I was speaking more on a motivational level, not necessarily on a business level. So I already had some experience with speaking. Mm -hmm. And so I just really just started and put myself out there. So speaking was big. So being able to say that I'm an international keynote speaker helps from a credibility standpoint. For sure. So that's been huge. My book, people have to ask me, like, why did you write a book? And I said, it's funny how in terms of accomplishments, that just seems to be that almost like a pinnacle, even though anybody can write a book, you can self publish, you can like, whatever, it doesn't even have to be a good book, but you could say you're a published author, how that sort of elevates you in the eyes of your audience. And it allows for more speaking engagements. Because in a lot of the forms, when they're looking for speakers, there's a spot to put the name of your book. And it's not, did you write a book? It's please put in the name of your book here. So it's almost like a needed thing to elevate my speaking. And speaking is a huge part of bringing in business. Mm -hmm. So those two things have really been quite pivotal. And now it's really been adding to my team, bringing on the people to help me grow and to do the things that I'm just not good at, Mm -hmm. right? Or Mm -hmm. that I was able to do okay, but didn't have the skill set nor the brain to do that work. And I think it's wrapping my head around this idea. And this is new for me that I'm the visionary, I'm bringing everything together, I've got the ideas, I need the team for execution and to do all these things. And it doesn't diminish my role in the business. That's a huge, huge hurdle that I see women struggling with as they're building their team. And I do, I don't want to forget that I want to ask you, who you hired, not their name, but the roles that they played and why you chose them. But first, I think, you know, when we are shifting to building that team, losing the sense of significance, I see as being a big barrier for people when they're bringing people on. They're used to being the main ticket. They're used to being the main entree to people's dinner. And all of a sudden, somebody else is cooking it. 
How do you? Which I would also really like. Well, I would too. That is on my dream list. Is to, I am a terrible cook. Terrible. I don't like okay. it. I'm not good at it. I'm not inspired. Uh, so yes, having somebody make proper meals in our house is absolutely in the vision. But um, how how were you able to find significance in your business when other people were doing the things that you used to do? I think that's still a work in progress, but I've come to this realization just, I would say, even in the last week, like probably Mm -hmm. since our last conversation, the two of us, that my role is huge and important. I'm steering the ship, but it doesn't mean I need to be the one doing, you know, pushing all the buttons and doing all the things. And sometimes I just want somebody to bounce ideas off of, and I want somebody to, you know, I want to show up to a meeting and not have to take notes and just do this. And then somebody died. Okay, this is what everybody needs to do from this. And I just get to use my brain for what it's best for. And so it's really making sure that I see the value in what I'm bringing, and that it's okay for me to take the time to meditate or go for a walk, because I do a lot of really great thinking during those times that I don't need to sit at my desk all the time. That is not how I make money always and and steer the business. Yeah. But it has been a mindset shift that my role is huge in this, whether or not I'm doing all the things or I'm just doing the really big things. And I think that's interesting. And also, you know, what I what you said that's so important for the listeners to remember is giving yourself the space and grace to be able to do the visioning is equally a part of your job as actually bringing in new business or closing the sale or doing the strategy session, that also is a part of your your dossier, if you will. Yeah, which is why I'm I'm blocking time mm-hmm. where I don't have meetings where I can because I've discovered too when I focus best and when I need that time to not be disrupted and to not have meetings and to just whether I'm creating content or I'm mapping out something that we're offering or I'm doing some other deep work on the long-term vision of the business. I need the time and I wasn't giving myself that time previously. I was back to back or little breaks between and you can't get anything accomplished in a 15 or 30 minute increment in between meetings. And so I wasn't really allowing myself that time or I'd get to those chunks of time and think, what should I be doing right now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not really having a plan for those chunks of time. So now it's really focusing on what am I doing during this time? So I have a plan. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. So who, who were the key players that you hired onto your team? And who did you hire first? So my first hire was a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. So Maria has been with me for since almost the inception, like almost five years. So wow. it was April of 2016 that she joined me. And it was like part time at first and sort of, she, you know, but she's been so dedicated to the team and is so integral because I don't do any of the design work anymore. That was a shift in my original role, whereas I was doing all the design work. And I realized at some point I, I enjoyed getting the business more and the connecting with the clients. And then I'd be like, oh, man, now I have to like actually produce this work. <laughs> like, OK, that that's a sign that I need to be art director and not doing the actual work in in design, which is exactly the role I have today. And I love it because I get to be a part of the design process, but I'm not actually hands-on doing it. Mm -hmm. So she was the first person I hired. 
I've had a couple of VAs kind of over the time. I have somebody new who just joined me who also has some skills that can assist Maria in some of the production side. So if she gets overwhelmed with work, then my new assistant can also take on setting up files and doing some of those things, which is a really great support to her. And I have a, a CFO. So, I'm, you know, I'm a small business, but she's a contract. So she does all the bookkeeping. And we have strategic meetings every month around finances, pricing, where are we are we on track? What do we need to do? So like really strategic money stuff. That was like a huge change in my business. I was undercharging. I needed to shift how we were doing things, contracting. Like, so that was a really great hire as well. And then last year in about August, I hired a online business manager and her brain is like, amazing and so different from mine so we complement each other beautifully because she just takes all of the stuff that comes out and like puts it into a like strategic plan and like okay everybody needs to do these things all of that stuff that my brain like logistics just doesn't i have great ideas but i get stuck in how and so she can just make that happen which is amazing Mm -hmm. and i just hired a social media manager Fantastic. So that's starting this month to help with sort of the strategy, but actually the implementation, the posting, the planning, because that's something that I do, but I don't know. I think it could be done much more effectively. And then that's something I can be more hands off so that I can be focusing on creating the bigger content and the bigger plan. So those are the, so it's a graphic designer, an assistant, an operations manager, a money manager, and a social media manager. So it's a lot of management. It's not a lot of revenue generating roles. But I think they all contribute in their own way to the revenue. Yeah, which is interesting because I remember having this conversation with my husband a number of years ago, and he was growing his business and hired people to do the work and then he ended up being the manager and having to deal with all of the like logistics. And he was, and, and he realized that that was actually the opposite. He thought he needed to hire people to do the work that was the money generating business, not the people to support the work that generates the revenue. And so in some ways I've done it in the reverse. Yes, Maria is there to help with the work that actually needs to be done, but almost everybody else is like the supporting role to make sure that her and I who do the work really for the client facing that we have the bandwidth and the time and that all of the other little tiny pieces are done behind the scenes and it's beautifully choreographed. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. And I think there's so many people who are at that point where they know they need to hire, but they're not really sure who. And, yeah. you know, we talked about shifting the importance or the significance, but what about just the financials of it? You know, that's what I hear people say is, well, I want to hire, but I don't, I don't have the money to do it. How were you able to, and maybe it wasn't confidently, but I was going to say, how were you able to (laughs) confidently make that step to hire, knowing that you would then be profit sharing with that person for a little bit? Yeah, I think I knew that I couldn't break through a certain revenue point if I didn't hire when I hired Maria originally, but I wasn't brave enough to say, I need you full time, nor did we have the volume. Mm -hmm. But now the people I'm hiring, I'm like, and I chatted with my financial person about this. I said, so like, we're not generating the revenue to really realistically pay all of these people. We can, but it's like pretty maxed out. 
And a part of me is like, we're not a big enough business to have this many team members, but I cannot have the growth I want in my business unless I have the support, the supporting team to help me get there. I can't take this business from where it is today to where I'm going if I continue to operate it in the same way. It's like that, what is that? The definition of insanity is Mm -hmm. like doing the same thing over (laughs) and over again, expecting different results. I've been hitting around the same revenue for the last three years. Yeah. It's grown like 5%, like small increments. This year, I want to triple. So like, I can't do that at the scale that we're at. And I had an interesting thing that happened just the other day, which I think you'll love. I had to pay four people, myself included. None of these were small invoices. And I was like, pay, pay. I was like, happy. I was excited to pay these people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't stop myself from transferring money into my own personal bank account because that's what I would have done in the past a bit like ooh we've got enough in our personal account I don't need to right but I have it in my calendar pay myself every two weeks just like I would pay anybody else mm-hmm. and I still paid myself the same amount I would normally pay myself even though I was like we don't really need to I could bypass this week I could skip this payday and just pay the other people but I've learned that I have to pay myself. The work I do is valuable and I deserve to get paid in my business. I didn't start this business to just pay other people, but I've also realized how much joy I'm getting now out of paying other people to help me in this and how that's changed the dynamic within the business and even how I see myself and the potential for future growth. That is the epitome of bold power move, Laura. Let's be clear. That day where you're like, oh, hell yes, I'm paying myself and I'm going to pay everybody else because I'm worth it. How did you get your mindset to that point? Did you receive coaching along the way? What were some shifts that you had to make to be able to make that bold power move? I have been doing a lot of work on money mindset, literally for months, like the last three months. I mean, Probably the last two years, it's been a progress. I started realizing where some of that came from. There was a a guilt around money that money was, desiring money was a bad thing, like that there was a greediness to it, you know? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. The more money I make, the more people I can employ, the more people I can support, the more I can give back, right? So it's shifting my mindset from it's not about greed and also that that idea that money is energy, that it is flowing, that it, that it is in abundance, and just really believing in that. And also coming to the realization that I have been stuck at a revenue for the last few years. And that was a monthly revenue goal I had set just before I launched Lab Creative. Mm-hmm. So in February of 2016, I said, I want to hit this monthly revenue target. And I hit in and around that every month now, up, up or down. And I realized that I'm st- I've been stuck there because that's the temperature, you know, that's like the barometer I've set in the business. And I'm like, forget that. Sorry, I was about to swear. I'm not sure if that's allowed <laughs> on your podcast. <laughs> We're open. We're good. I'm going to pause. And so now I have it written down on a whiteboard in my office. My kid, actually, my oldest son saw it. He, go- he looked at it. He was like, oh, look at this. He's like, what is this about? And I'm like, so I started sharing that with him. So now my kids know my team. It's in our board. I've never been so open with my team. This is the revenue goal I have for this year. Never talked about that openly. So I'm trying to keep less things close to the chest Mm -hmm. and be like, this is what I want. Because also I believe that the more money 
the business can generate, the more I can pay the people that are working for me. I want to be able to pay them well and, and support them so that they can have a great life too. It's not all self-serving. It's not all just money for me and greed. And so that's also part of that shift that this allows me to have great experiences with my kids, to show them about money, to teach them about that, to have really cool conversations and to increase the impact on the lives. I believe in this ripple effect. And if I can take my worry about money or that sitting on your shoulder, right? Just kind of that niggle like, oh, should you make this? Should you do this decision? Is this the right thing to do? You know, wherever that comes from and just be like, hell yeah, I'm doing this. Fantastic. You are a role model and an inspiration and you're damn good at what you do. Uh, Tell us, Laura, how can people learn more about you? How can they find you? Where should they go? Yeah, so social media, we're Lab Creative Inc. You can find us uh, across all of the platforms. You can find me on LinkedIn, just search for Laura Beauprelant. Labcreative.ca is our website. I've just launched a new brand audit offer. So if you want to share the link in the show notes, it's labcreative.ca forward slash brand audit. And that's a great opportunity for people to kind of really assess their own brand with my guidance. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to chat with me further, they absolutely can. Amazing. And your book is Brand Chemistry and it's available at all major book retailers. It is on amazon.com uh, and .ca. We're also starting to sell them through our website. So okay. I can share the link to that as well. So I've been busy signing a bunch of copies. So if you want a signed copy, Fantastic. you can order it from me. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing so openly about your, your business journey. I think there's so many lessons that you've shared about hiring, about having to let go so you can grow and making those moves maybe before you were financially ready, but knowing and believing that it is the right move in order to, to really build out that team so you can do more. Laura, thank you for your time today. It is so appreciated. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout out on an upcoming episode and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to 7 Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.